This episode is brought to you by Margie Lamb, health coach and founder of Healthy and Hustlin'. Are you fed up with the dieting and the seemingly contradictory health advice out there? Do you want to feel great in your body and accomplish your goals in a way that's empowering and not overwhelming? For me, the answer was an easy yes. Five years ago, I was pushing 200 pounds. I worked out twice a day and counted my calories. I didn't really see a movement on the scale nor my body type. So I decided to check my ego and call up a health coach. Margie, as a certified integrative nutrition health coach, works with each client as a guide and mentor to build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle that will help you reach your health goals. She offers free one-hour initial consultations. To learn more, visit her website, www.healthyandhustlin.com. That's www.healthyandhustlin, spelled H-U-S-T-L-I-N, dot com. Thank you so much for tuning in to Defining Moments Podcast. Get on social media. Find us on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. On Twitter at Def Moments Pod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. We're on all sorts of podcasting platforms from Google to iTunes, iHeartRadio to Spotify. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it, subscribe to it. We're also on YouTube so you can see the video edition. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it, subscribe to it if you believe in it. And no matter what, show some appreciation today, every day, because someone is always rooting you on. When was the last time you sat down and had a deep, meaningful conversation with a friend? What about having a deep, meaningful conversation with the mayor of Oklahoma City? Because that's exactly what happened a few weeks ago. My name is Wong Lam, the host of Defining Moments Podcast. My name is Margie Lam, the editor and producer of Defining Moments Podcast. As a listener and follower of our podcast, you know that we don't just talk about someone's job. We want to take a deeper dive into their life, where some of their habits, how their kids doing, how's the family doing, where some of the setbacks and how do they overcome them. Particularly one thing I enjoyed about this podcast is that we got to hear what makes David Holt, Mr. Mayor of Oklahoma City, who he is, and what led up to his becoming the mayor, and what's a part of his mindset every single day when he's performing his role. And it's not just the day-to-day, here's my task list. Because it's not just about the day-to-day task list, it's about the person as a human being. How does this person actually tackle the day-to-day? How does he balance being the mayor, having businesses, being a father, being a husband? We'd like to say thank you to Mayor Holt for taking his time out from what is a busy task list we know and sitting down and having a conversation with us and also to Karen Fox, his assistant, for scheduling the podcast for us and also to J.D. Baker, who who happened to be in studio with us recording as well. We just really appreciate all of your time. Thank you for everyone for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this podcast. 
Let us know if you approve the podcast because Mayor Holt sure did. Welcome back to Defining Moments Podcast. My name is Wong Lam and today's very special guest is the 36th mayor of Oklahoma City and the youngest mayor since 1923, the Honorable Mayor Holt. Welcome to the podcast, yeah, sir. thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Number one, how is your day going? My day? Well, uh, fine. Um, you know, as we sit here, we're about a week removed from the MAPS 4 package passing right. the council. So I'm still kind of in the glow from that. And, and it's been nice to catch up, really, mm -hmm. honestly, in, in all other aspects of my life. The uh, putting together MAPS 4 was sort of all-consuming for, for several weeks, if yeah. not months. And uh, so a lot of other things fell by the wayside. So just trying to catch up, but pretty happy about that and excited for the voters to consider it. But it seems yeah. like it's already had a good reception. And I'm sure we might talk more about that. But that's kind of where I am right now. My son got sick yesterday at school, mm. so he's in the next room okay. here, here as we sit here at City Hall. Yeah. So, you know, that's an aspect of my day as well. Yeah. But uh, he's fine now. Yeah. He just can't go to school today, So, uh, oh. which I'm sure he's happy about. Yeah. How's Mrs. Holt doing? She's great. Rachel uh, is from Philly. We met in college at George Washington, and mm -hmm. she's the... Uh, COO, the number two at uh, the state agency that deals with juvenile justice, right. uh, the Office of Juvenile Affairs. Mm -hmm. So big yeah. job. Your son is sick. How's your daughter then? She's fine. <laughs> She's at school. Probably mad that her brother gets to stay. Yeah. Day, so. yeah. Well, we've, we've seen you everywhere. Really, they call uh, Pitbull Mr. Worldwide. And so I was trying to think of man, some creative for uh, Mayor Holt. So it's, let's say Oklahoma City-wide, Oklahoma-wide. <laughs> seen you at the energy soccer games, the Thunder basketball game, seeing you eating everywhere, it seems like, through Twitter, uh, Instagram, and obviously in real life, seeing you at um, the Red and Monarch F Music Festival, mm -hmm. Hamilton at the Civic Center, mm -hmm. and OU football games. So how do you manage your time? I pride myself on my time management because also remember, I have another job. Yeah. So we, we don't pay our mayor's living wages. So yeah. we typically have another job. So I work at a a family-owned private investment company uh, mm -hmm. with offices out on Lake Hefner. And uh, don't necessarily tweet about that as much because right. maybe not as not as interesting to the general public. But um, but yeah, between being mayor of America's 27th largest city and, mm -hmm. and my other job and being a, a husband and a father, um, yeah, it's, it's a busy lifestyle. But yeah, I just kind of, I probably spend, you know, 10 to 20% of my time managing the other 80%. And I think yeah. that's how you do it. I mean, you just yeah. have to, put in a lot of time into list making and and time management. And you probably just sort of give up on binge watching TV shows and stuff. You know, that's <laughs> not an aspect of my life. So Yeah. You went to the OU football game mm -hmm. recently against uh, Houston. Mm -hmm. When you go to those games, did anyone yell boomer to you? And if they did, what was your answer? To me specifically? Yeah. <laughs> anyone say boomer? I don't think I recall such an incident, but of course my answer would be sooner. That okay. is a customary greeting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, but uh, I certainly, one aspect of this position that is different, I was a state senator for eight years, mm -hmm. and, but I don't even know if my next door neighbor knew or cared, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> but when you're the mayor, it's just a different deal, you yeah. know, and so you're certainly, uh, uh, in the year or so that I've experienced this, it's a, it's a, it's a noticeable difference in mm -hmm. my recognizability. So yeah. I, I, they maybe didn't yell boomer at me, but I certainly, pretty much everybody <laughs> I would encounter would call me by name, which is yeah. just weird, right? You know, yeah. or, or mayor, I, mean, I should mm -hmm. say, you know, um, when, when you're everywhere you go, everybody knows who you are and yeah. calls you mayor or whatever. I mean, it's yeah. a, that's just a weird, you know, 
sensation. We don't, we all sort of take for granted our, our relative anonymity. You know? yeah. When you've completely lost it, it's just, it's just weird. You just got to like know that you're always on, you know, you got to yeah. tip better and everything else. So. Well, it makes sense because I address you as Mayor Holt too, so <laughs> I get it. What about if someone yelled, yelled out to you, hook them? What would you answer for? I don't, I don't, I mean, there's only a visual answer to that. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know the, I don't know the, I have the former okay. OU student body president here. What, JD, what, what do you JD say Baker, when somebody up? else says hook them? Horns down. Boom. Down. Oh, okay. I like See, I'm it. not actually an OU grad. I mean, all these, all these uh, OU trivia. <laughs> My man. Uh, we have JD Baker in the conference room too, so this is awesome. When you go through life, and you're super busy, married, two kids. She has a high-powered position, as you do, and your kids go to public schools. How do you find downtime for yourself as David Holt? Uh, I, I don't, really. But, uh, I mean, sometimes there's an occasional Sunday where I don't have anything <laughs> to do. And those are nice. Those, yeah. are, da- those are nice days. Yeah. But, on those Sundays when you do have some downtime, do you reflect back on moments that might have propelled you into a situation in life that's kind of defined you and helped you down in a certain path. I see. So you're looking almost for a defining moment, as yeah. you would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, oh, gosh. I mean, you know, I think uh, certainly a major event in my life was um, when my mom passed away. My parents were divorced and... Uh, so I was primarily, this was kind of more in an era when when mothers usually had the kids after a divorce for most of the time, like the father would be like every other weekend. So that was what we had. And so I was primarily living with her and I was an only child. And so she passed suddenly when I was 14 and, and you know, definitely, um, you know, um, affects you in a significant way. I mean, it turned my whole life upside down and, and um I always think it's it's interesting to me if you look at um, the biographies of, of highly driven people, how often they lost a parent, you know, in, mm-hmm. in early in life. I think, I don't know, it just sort of focuses you on the necessity of living a full life and, yeah. and maybe even living for two people, you know. So I um, I guess that's, in a sense, what I did and, and have always been very driven ever since. Cause I mean, as you mentioned, I'm the youngest mayor in a hundred years. Well, you know, you might think that it, to, to, to achieve that, I'd have to have some kind of head start. Like maybe my dad was mayor or something mm. like that, you know, but, in, yeah. but I'm just, you know, my mom was a social worker, stay at home mom. My dad was a school teacher, you know, I'm, I'm nobody, you know, in terms yeah. of uh, coming from any sort of money or power. Um, right. So, so to move fast, as I guess I did, you know, I'd have to be really driven and really focused. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think in a sense, a lot of that starts with, with the loss of my mom, I think. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, you know, it's also a heartening story. I was going to PC North at the time in Northwest Oklahoma City. And I would say a lot of people stepped up and, you know, and, and I definitely look back and think how much love and support I got uh, yeah. at that time period. Yeah. What's a lesson you learned from the uh, passing of your mom to currently right now? Um, well, just, I mean, I always, you know, uh, so she died in her, I guess, uh, late 40s. So, I mean, you just, I think, 
you know, to me, I'm just always really focused on living a full life and yeah. knowing that this is, you know, this, this can end at any time. And, yeah. um, and I, I, I do think if you really internalize that, um, you'll get a lot done. I mean, whatever it is you want to do. I mean, not everybody needs to be the mayor. I mean, you know, maybe it's that you just, you want to be a great parent, you know, you yeah. want your kids to, you want to constantly be present in their lives. You guys want to take a lot of fun trips. I mean, you want to, you know, really be present for them. I mean, yeah. that, that can be the thing, your outlet. Um, you know, whatever it is that makes you feel like you've lived a full life, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't feel like I just turned 40 this year. I don't have any, I'm not in any midlife crisis whatsoever. Yeah. Like, right. I, like yeah. I sit back and I go, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Like, yeah. you know? And I mean, I think living without regret is all part of, of you know, that idea that um, this could all end at some point and you mm. don't want to be laying there thinking, you know, boy, there's so many things I should have done. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I try to be a, somebody who who this who who doesn't want to die tomorrow but if yeah. i did <laughs> like i'd say okay well i made the most of the time i had yeah, you know? yeah. i think that's i think that's the lesson i learned from that's from awesome. losing a parent early yeah. in life you you talk about kids and and the community as i look in this conference room i see a lot of pictures of children what mm -hmm. can you explain a little story about that sure so we're in my conference room which is adjacent to my office here at city hall and as long as anybody could remember, uh, this had the pictures of old mayors on the okay. walls. So that's 34 old white guys and, and one lady. <laughs> and so, you know, I just thought it wasn't very forward looking, you know. And so I, I we respectfully moved those down the, down the hall when I took office and replaced it with 20 pictures of Oklahoma City kids. And so... Mm -hmm. I chose subjects. Uh, I, I like the idea of the future looking at us as we made decisions, but I also chose subjects that were demographically representative of yeah. Oklahoma City's kids. So under the age of 18 in Oklahoma City is 60% non-white. Mm. And, and those demographics are, are reflected here. So, you know, under the age of 18 is about 30% Latino. It's about 15% African-American, yeah. uh, you know, about 5% Asian. So, so all of that, I mean, if you could get all the kids of Oklahoma City in a room, this is essentially what they would look like. So awesome. that was important, too, because when I took office, I've talked about it so much in the last two years that I think it's starting to sink in. But nobody at that point was really talking about the diversity of our city, you know, and and um, we've been a city where 35, 36 of 36 mayors mm -hmm. came from northwest Oklahoma City. So we haven't had wow. geographic diversity in our leadership. We haven't had ethnic diversity in our, in our leadership. We haven't had yeah. a lot of gender diversity in our leadership, yeah. you know? So I just knew that that wasn't sustainable anymore. So when I took office, one of the four things I always talk about is the diversity of our city. And the good news is we don't have to create diversity. We have diversity. Mm -hmm. It's just whether we, you know, hold, whether we elevate it into leadership uh, positions yeah. and, and whether we hold it out to the world. You know, I don't think we'll yeah. be successful as a city if we're not viewed as being a diverse and inclusive place. Yeah. Um, and again, we, we, good news is we have that diversity. We just, but we have not really projected that out to the world, I mean, yeah. in my opinion. So I tried very consciously to do that. And this room is just a reflection of that. Yeah. And you have your kids in here too. Yeah. Right. So then they're, awesome. they're strategically positioned yeah. in case the meeting's not going well. I can look at them. <laughs> <laughs> they carry you forward. <laughs> your, your forward looking phrase, I, I love that because I feel like that's really thinking outside of the box and get, how can, 
we get more people involved in mm-hmm. this. And that's what the, the point of this podcast is to get more people involved, to understand what the mayor is going through, our neighbors, our friends. So mm-hmm. yeah, great job on that. Yeah. You know, yeah. obviously on Twitter, speaking yeah. of Twitter, uh-huh. how do you deal with negativity on Twitter? Well, I mean, yeah, well, and on all social mediums, there's, um, yeah, there's just a lot of hateful people in the world yeah. and social media allows them to interact directly in some cases. Mm. You know, I, I suppose a lot of people in my position don't actually probably do their own social media. I do my own exclusively. Yeah. So I see it all. Um, you know, I mean, I, I guess you just, I mean, first of all, you think this is a miserable person. Like, like yeah. my first revenge back on them is that everyone in their life probably hates them, right? So, <laughs> so like, there's, there's, there's not much more I could do to add to their clear, their daily misery, probably. Right. You know? So I don't know, you just sort of ignore it. I mean, it tends to be the same, you know, 10 people, really. I okay. mean, and I'm sure they think they're really clever. I just think they're, you know, sort of pathetic, but I don't, you know, I, yeah, I don't engage with them because there's just, yeah. there's just no point. But it's funny how there's like, yeah, there are like the recurring people who comment, the trolls who comment like yeah. every day, you know, and you're yeah. like, hey, yeah, I just, I guess I just think what a miserable existence you have. Like how sad for you, you know, yeah. that's your life. And yeah. um, I don't feel the need, I guess, to hit back at them or anything. So I like it. But, um, but no, mostly it's a source of positivity. I find, mm-hmm. I mean, um, um, you know, I, I try to govern in a way where I'm sort of in the sweet spot of where the electorate is. So, yeah, um, that that means, um, you know, that generally I think I get mostly positivity and where people disagree. Um, I explain myself, you know, and, and I think that seems to go a long way for most reasonable people. Yeah, you would think. As long as yeah, you have a reason for yeah. what you're doing, people tend generally reasonable people tend to respect it. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. When you we talked about map sports for just a brief second, I don't want to dive too much into that, mm-hmm. but when you are in the horseshoe, mm-hmm. if you will, and you're listening to everyone talk about what they need, why they need it, does it, how do you, I guess, does it mentally drain you at the end of the day? Like thinking, man, there's so many great projects. Mm-hmm. This is X amount of dollars that we have and how do we do this? And so how do you deal with that mentally? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I mean, I go into this with pretty defined idea of, of where I think the city should go. I mean, I, I've, despite my relative youth, I've had a lot of experience. I spent five years as the mayor's chief of staff, and I spent eight years in the Senate. So I understand how the city works. I understand how this office works. I understand how elected office works. Um, so I've had a lot of time, you know, to prepare. I didn't come yeah. into this like, hey, you know, what does the mayor do? You know, I, mean, yeah. I didn't have to worry about that at all. And um, so all of it's kind of, all of these experiences, all of this feedback really to me kind of goes into some sort of algorithm in my head, you know, and, and nice. comes, out, comes out as action, you know, comes yeah. out as, um, you know, as, as a plan. Um, you know, I have you know, 40 pages of a to-do list, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and so I already kind of know what I think the city needs and I certainly have enough to fill however many years it is that I serve in this office. Um, and so when I hear more specifically, you know, maps for ideas and desires, I mean, none of this is like, wow, I've never heard that before. You yeah. know, I mean, really it's all, okay. I see how that will address a problem that I've probably already thought about and identified, you right. know, 
And then it's just a question of, to make it oversimplify it, it's a complicated question, but a question of getting, in this case, a package together that, you know, reflects well enough the priorities of the eight other elected officials on mm -hmm. the horseshoe, as you said, and meets the hopes of the 16 projects that we ended up hearing about. Yeah. And at the same time meets the expectations of countless interest groups in town. Yeah. And then the ultimate interest group, the, the voters of Oklahoma City who get yeah. to vote on it in December. So, I mean, that's a seemingly very complicated negotiation, you know. But again, I just, you know, after all these years, I guess I sort of have this algorithm in my head where I can, you know, it's all sort of, okay, if, I think if we push too far here, we need to compensate over here and, you know, and sort of just balance it all out. And, yeah. And the the ten page resolution that we came out with that that had all the sixteen projects in it and and their levels and all I mean if you read it there's a lot of thought and detail in there that's a reflection of what I thought was essentially the perfect compromise for mm -hmm. the city you know and I know I can't get a hundred percent of people to agree but yeah. I think we've already had enough positivity that I I feel I accomplished my realistic mission which was yeah. to get a significant majority of the city to agree that this was a good balance of all the current needs of our city. Yeah, that's awesome. You talked about if you became mayor, this is nothing new, you'd be able to handle it. However, in February of uh, 2018, mm -hmm. thir the 13th, it became official, you were elected. <laughs> how, did, how What was the motion like for you? <laughs> oh man, there was like no time to even think about it or be emotional because uh, I was so I was still in the Senate at the time. We just started legislative session. Um, you know, here I, you know, this huge year-long effort had finally culminated in my election. Simultaneously, you know, there was all these teacher strikes. And, you know, when I left yeah. the Capitol in April, I was, it was my car was driving through 30,000 teachers, you know, surrounding yeah. the Capitol. I mean, it was, so there was just never really any time to unwind. I mean, at the same time, I'm making my plans. I'm ramping up. I'm I mean, even the simple as getting all the pictures taken for this room, getting them framed so they could yeah. be here the day I take office. I mean, all those tasks, you know, uh, of the transition while still being a senator, while still doing my other job, while yeah. occasionally seeing my family. I mean, wow. I guess I had no time really to, to think yeah. about it. I very rarely um, get that moment to... Um, to sit back and and just go, man, I'm the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the mayor, man. <laughs> that just really never happens. Uh, I, I, I occasionally, yeah, like in a fleeting moment, I, I go, you know, I, I can sit back and kind of get outside my body and, and say, think about how crazy all this is that I'm the mayor. But um, I think you know, it's it's random moments. A couple of weeks ago, we opened the. Oklahoma City Boulevard and mm -hmm. and the state was like handing the the key. I don't know why what what symbolism this had to them, but there was like the key to the boulevard yeah. and they were like handing it to the city because they had built it and they were going to give it to the city. And, you know, and they're like, here you go, mayor. And I, I don't know why that was the moment where I was like, I'm the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm taking this boulevard on behalf of 650,000 people. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's random moments when you're like, like oh, wow, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I hope I take that, you know, with sufficient seriousness, yeah. um, you know, that I represent 650,000 people. Um, but yeah, probably if you thought about it too much, it would be overwhelming. And yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> a high powered, fast paced man like yourself, you got a few uh, morning habits you have to power through. Morning habits. Well, you know, kids, I mean, they go, mm -hmm. you know, uh, fourth grade and second grade. So, and I'm not really a morning person. So okay. just, you know, just the whole... 
Rachel's getting ready for work. I'm getting ready for work, getting the kids ready and out the door. And again, they're not quite at the age yet where they just show up at the car. You know? yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things that you've got to do for them. And, right. and uh, so, yeah, the morning is chaos. Yeah. Chaos. And, I, and so I pretty much try to avoid, for any number of reasons, a lot of morning stuff, breakfast mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, yeah. I try not to schedule anything probably before 9.30 or so just because the, the house is, you know, like I said, chaotic. And then today sense. on top of it, you know, George being sick or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just, just fatherhood stuff. Okay. <laughs> the, when you, when you think about this and you go through your day and you go through all these press conferences and maybe a podcast here and there, mm-hmm. what are some questions that no one ever asked that you wish someone would actually ask the mayor or David Holt? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I get asked a lot of different questions. I do like actually it's usually more in the context of like a specific topic, like maps four or something. Mm-hmm. I like when people ask like the tough questions, you know, because mm-hmm. the truth is I probably have an answer for virtually everything, you know? And, and, um, and so when I see people griping about something on social media, but I'm not, but they're not really addressing me. It kind of bothers me that it's kind of, I don't feel like I can just jump in and answer. Yeah. Maybe that would be creepy or something, you know, but <laughs> I'm like, well, I wish they would ask me that. Cause like, mm-hmm. I have an answer for that, you know, but people, and maybe sometimes I sense people know that and they, that's why they don't ask. Cause no. they don't want to hear the answer. Cause that would, you know, that would upset their, oh, <laughs> their, their preconceived notions yeah. and they're, they want to clutch cling to those, you know, but, um, but yeah, I like when, Sometimes I get thrust into situations like on Steve Blackmire's weekly chat or something mm-hmm. where people are giving pretty tough questions. I like that because, again, I have answers to those questions. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why we've done things the way we've done them. Um, I recognize that sometimes people in my position, uh, and I'm, by that I just mean elected officials in general, um, don't always have reasons. And so mm-hmm. they're not, they're, it's not easy for them to handle sort of spontaneous questions, you know, yeah. from from the public, but um, I, I've always taken a more thoughtful approach that either either I know why we're doing what we're doing, or I'll just say I don't know, but I'll you know I'll find out the answer. Yeah. And and, uh, and I'm also I'm not shy to tell people the truth, you know, that mm-hmm. they may not want to hear. It's easy yeah. for people in my position. Uh, I hear people all the time in elected office. Oh well, that's a that's a really good idea. We're gonna I'm gonna look into that. You yeah. know, they, they, it is not a good idea. They are lying to that person. <laughs> So you serve up the truth. Yeah. I like you know, it. I just say, you know, especially when it comes to ideas for ways to spend money, you know, I, mean, yeah. I okay, you know, that's fine. But like we have a budget every year. Mm-hmm. It's spoken for at this point. Yeah. So how many fewer police officers do you want to have? You know, I mean, what do you want to cut right. or do you want to raise taxes? I mean, what is it? You know, but, it, you know, usually when you're in elected office, people have lots of ideas mm-hmm. for how you can spend money. And, yeah. uh, and they, I don't know if they think that like we have extra money or we have like a room waiting for good ideas, full of money, you know, right. but, um, you know, I mean, I had a person, I haven't even responded, but, you know, I was on Facebook the other day and they're like, hey, all these like closed malls, they should be turned into homeless shelters, right? Well, that sounds good, but like, okay, but like, who's going to pay for that? You know, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a huge operating expense yeah. ongoing. It, it just because the building's there you know, doesn't mean that somehow it's a free service that we could be able yeah. to provide, you know. Yeah. Um, I learned early on when I was in the mayor's office the last time that accepting free land or free facilities, it's not free, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Right. <laughs> you know, and again, that's another perfect example. I mean, uh, people will have ideas for things they want to give you. Hey, we have a, we were in the business of doing, you know, softball. So we have all these softball fields and now we want to donate it to the city. Yeah. You know? Well, that's not, that's not an easy thing for us to accept unless we are going to somehow figure out where the operating dollars are going to come from mm. to manage that thing moving forward. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I just said, say, people got all the ideas all day long about yeah. ways for us to spend money. And sometimes it's couched in the context of, of a free mm -hmm. <laughs> something, but it's, yeah. it's never it's free. Never free. <laughs> no, I got you. There's no social media, nothing. Who are three people you'd want to meet in person or talk to on the phone? Meet in person. Uh, well, I think, um, I don't know that I have anything I need to say to him, but I mean, I've always, I think my celebrity has always been Paul McCartney uh, you know, for, for being alive, <laughs> yeah. for a person who's still alive. I mean, uh -huh. I've gotten to see him in concert. I mean, just, you know, to me, the Beatles are like so far beyond um, any other musical, you know, uh, performers of our, of our era that, um, I mean, theirs is the music that will live on like Beethoven or something else for hundreds of years. Yeah. Just, so anytime he's in Oklahoma City or even in Tulsa, I want to go see him because I'm just like, this is amazing. Like yeah. I'm on the same planet as this person and here I get to be in the same room for a little while. Right. So I think, you know, if you had to pick a celebrity, you know, or somebody famous for me, yeah. it would be just to meet Paul McCartney. I don't know what I would say. I mean, I don't know yeah. anything profound. It wouldn't be a memorable experience for him, but um <laughs> And, uh, you know, beyond that, I mean, I, I have gotten to meet a shockingly uh, impressive number yeah. of political figures and, and, and others and, and performing artists around the world. So, I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know what list I would have at this point. I guess if I were to think of a political figure that I haven't met, um, that I respect greatly. I'd have to think about that, but maybe like, I don't, he was here and I don't think I ever actually shook his hand. Uh, Tony Blair, I, I, I oh, think a lot of him. I was in, I was in like a room at the Cox Center that he was in, but I don't think we, I don't ever think I got to say hi. That would be a fun one um, for like a political figure. I mean, mm -hmm. again, like on the American side of it, I've met, met everyone. everybody yeah. you know, that I can, I don't guess I've ever met Barack Obama. That would, yeah. be, that would be cool. That would be cool. Sort of, yeah, totally missed eras. You know, I was in D.C. I was working for President Bush. Mm -hmm. I've had the opportunity to spend quite a bit of time with President Clinton in recent years. But, yeah, I sort of just missed the whole Obama yeah. administration. I was back here. So, um, I don't know. I've given you three. There you go. There's I like it. <laughs> what about three words to describe President Bush and three words to describe President Clinton since you worked for, uh, around them both? Um, so, President Bush, I think, is... Um, sincere and honest um, and and hardworking um, and Clinton is empathetic um, you know this isn't one word but great communicator yeah. I mean, obviously you know and, and I think that sort of goes hand in hand with having empathy yeah. um, and intellectually curious. Mm -hmm. Very good. We, my wife and I were at a wedding a year ago, and we ended up spending, I want to say, well over an hour, just the three of us with Clinton, you know, and just, yeah, it was just, just his level of interest in details, wow. you know, of, of, of even just ongoing 
political matters. Yeah. You know, it's just always fascinating. He's yeah. just a, he's just a he's he's just a sponge for for that kind of stuff. So you know, he's he's just a great. Just you couldn't help but have a fascinating conversation with him. I think. Yeah. If you could talk to your younger self, which I don't know if you ever do, what would you tell yourself? Which advice? Um, yeah, I, again, I sort of live, try to live without regret. So I think a lot of times that question is asked in the context of you've made some horrible mistakes around your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what would you like to stop yourself from having done? You know, yeah. and and in my con, in my sense, I don't really have a lot of regret. Um, I mean, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be small. I mean, you know, maybe I lived in DC for several years, you know, between college and work. And especially during the college years, I look back and I think surely I could have gone to like the museums more or something, you know, maybe not yeah. sleep in so much on Saturdays, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, uh, but really, honestly, I mean, I, I, I'm fairly satisfied with the track my life is on. Yeah. So yeah. I just try to, I try to tell other people what I think I, hopefully I'm, when I talk to Young people, not necessarily the younger version of myself, but actual young people, you know, I just always try to emphasize with them um, that what matters ultimately is not your professional career. It is it is your family and your friend life, you know, yeah. and like that nobody's on their deathbed, like wishing they'd spent more time at the office, you know. So so I hope that I live that in my, yeah. in my own life as well. But I think I have. But um, I, I try to have it all. Yeah. Granted, I'm greedy. I mean, I try yeah. to have a good professional life and a good family life. Of course, but I know that the that the latter is is more important if yeah. if push ever comes to shove. I got you. A couple more questions because yeah. I'm cognizant of your time. Sure. I know you read books and you barely, barely watch movies. I barely have time, but yes. okay. So yeah, <laughs> if you could think of a, a chapter of a book or a scene from a movie that re best represents your life right now, what would that chapter be? Hmm. what book or movie hmm. or maybe your own book yeah sure big league city it's available right. at full circle books for 24.95 uh that's a plug <laughs> um oh gosh i don't know i really uh uh this would be one you'd have to have given me like a, a few weeks <laughs> warning or something for me to come up with a great answer you know I, no i guess <laughs> I, I totally understand what's the path forward for the mayor and then as a as David Holt, well, you know, I've it's been a lifetime already, and a year and four months I've been mm -hmm. mayor, or whatever. But um, you know, still plenty of time left. So, um, you know, Maps Four will dominate the rest of this calendar year. Twenty yeah. twenty, I've already sort of said I'm going to be focused on helping our community create a vision for public education. The mayor does not run schools in our city, but um, but nevertheless, I think um, it's the greatest challenge facing our city's future and. I think it deserves mayoral attention. And I think a mayor is uniquely positioned to bring together the city leaders, the education leaders, the, the business leaders, and the philanthropic leaders around a vision that we really don't have today, but we've had in the past. I mean, 20 years ago, we did a very similar effort called Project Kids, and it led to Maps for Kids. And so I kind of see that as my 2020 task. If you're in a position like mine, you need to think like years in advance, and you need to think about the big picture things you're going to focus your time on. And it was pretty apparent early on that 2019 would be all about maps for, and, yeah. and that is what it is. But, um, but 2020 for me, I feel like is about public education. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, you know, we, we, we have to figure out, um, how to address some of our infrastructure challenges. I like to talk about the fact, because a lot of people don't know that we're one of the five largest cities in the United States by landmass, you know, and wow. so 620 square miles, you can fit Boston, Manhattan, Chicago, Miami, 
Philadelphia and Washington, D.C., all inside the city limits of Oklahoma City. Wow. So when people say, well, why are our streets so bad? That's a pretty simple answer. You know, we only mm -hmm. have 650,000 taxpayers, but we spread them out across 620 square miles. Um, so, you know, we need to have hard conversations moving forward about our basic infrastructure. You yeah. know, our MAPS conversation is about our sort of hopes and dreams and kind of our extra investments in ourselves. Yeah. But bond issues like we had in 2017 uh, are about streets and other stuff, you know, yeah. and, and we need to have that conversation. We need to have a conversation about transit. Um, so, yeah, I'm, if I'm looking at how I might fill out however many years I'm mayor, I mean, I, I think those are some of the, the basic issues I'll, I'll yeah. tackle. And, um, and then as for me personally, we'll just see where it all goes, I guess. I, I like this job quite a bit. I, yeah. I know that um, no matter, I'm fairly familiar with all the other types of jobs you can have in mm -hmm. an elected office. And I, uh, I, I know that I'll never have as much fun as I'm having as mayor, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Sometimes maybe you gotta do something else and, and may or may not be something that the voters of, uh, of the area are interested in me doing. But even if they are, um, and it is time to do something else, you know, again, I think this will be the peak for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, any other job I could imagine having would probably be less less enjoyable than yeah. this. You know, I think mayors mayors are the leaders of the chief economic engines of our country. You know, I mean, to me, mayors are. It's more interesting to be mayor than to be a governor. I mean, Oklahoma City is what makes Oklahoma work. Mm -hmm. You know, so I mean, yeah. why would you not want to? Because um, people say, all the time, "Oh, you'll be governor someday," and I always think. Why would I take that step, that demotion? You know, I mean, no. <laughs> I mean to me, you know, mayors, uh, mayors are far more, you know, in control of yeah. what's really, what really matters, you know, yeah. and what matters in this century are American cities. Yeah. Speaking of moving forward, I, I really appreciate the fact that you and the uh, mayor Bynum from mm -hmm. Tulsa, you guys collaborate, meet up and yeah. talk. I think that's really neat. That's really important, actually, yeah. for the whole entire state. As a whole. I mean, our, yeah, Oklahoma City and Tulsa are often ignored by the state government, but yeah. are in fact, yeah, the, the vast majority of the economic activity and innovation happening in our state. I mean, yeah. People move to Oklahoma to move to Oklahoma City or Tulsa. Yeah. So um, we need to be, yeah, close collaborators. Yeah. Personal question, mm -hmm. when was the last time you challenged yourself with something you've never done before? And what was the outcome of that? Hmm. Um, I think, you know, like, I don't know, running for mayor at age 39 yeah. felt like a pretty good enough challenge. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have to jump out of a plane or something, you know, like I felt like this was, you know, yeah. I think I'm someone who challenges myself in, in my own way. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, I, I, I think, I think all of this is probably enough. Yeah. I just turned I like down it. yesterday the opportunity to fly in an F-16. So I, ch I picked my battles. <laughs> you want to take my spot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> Be like Top Gun. Yeah. So in the spirit of Oklahomans, they're always giving. I feel like that's a culture. And mm -hmm. the, the culture that you're cultivating is by the habits of a mayor. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you're always very positive on social media, you're very positive in person. And so we wanted to give you a mug. Thank you. From Joni Manavong. Wow. She handcrafts and designs her own mugs. And so we thought that would be pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah. One OKC, yeah. even in Thunder Colors. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then here's, of course, it. our shirt that 
Thank you. Our gift to you. Thank you very much. Very cool. Very soft. I like yeah. yeah. We only go with high quality, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then our last gift is actually for you to share with your kids and your wife. Mm -hmm. It's a... Uh, from Nita Nod, it's a box with, she goes to Oklahoma City throughout Oklahoma and finds gifts like soaps, ornaments, uh -huh. coffees, uh -huh. and package it up. We pick the parts to it. And yeah, it's all, yeah. it's I a mean, gratitude all, box. All these, all these gifts. I, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't Nita prepared. Nod, yeah, the gratitude box. This is the best podcast I've ever done. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. This so is awesome. For everyone in the family. Yeah. And then we also brought one for uh, Karen. Wow. Yeah. That's very, so very kind of you. Maybe you guys can give this to Karen okay. as well. <laughs> but we appreciate her setting up her the time for us and answering all of her emails. And yeah, and yeah. Uh, we wow. want to let her know that we appreciate everything that she does yeah. for yeah. us, for both y'all and well, for thanks, everyone guys. in the city. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's very nice. <laughs> Last question for you. Yeah. Um, how do the listeners and the viewers get in touch with you? No phone number, just Twitter, <laughs> Instagram. Yeah, I'm pretty accessible. So, uh, yeah, email ameritokc.gov and uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. That's that's really me. So Okay. If you're mean, I may not answer you. you know, but <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, yeah, sometimes people uh, come to me with questions that might be better suited for our action center. You know, mm. I don't have to fill every pothole in the city. You know, we do have yeah. a staff of 4,800 people. So <laughs> so there's also the action center or city of OKC, maybe for more your your city service yeah. needs. But like uh, but I'm, I'm happy to to pontificate with you if you have some some mayoral issue you'd like to bring to my attention. So. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Mayor. Hold, do you appreciate, do you approve this podcast? I do. I approve this podcast. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Yeah. My name is Wong Lam and I approve this podcast. Thank you so much, Mayor. Appreciate you Thank so much. You. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www definingmomentspod.com Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam and I approve this podcast. <laughs>